In 2017, Nikki Ashton set out on the biggest challenge in her career, a race for the NDP leadership. In the midst of her ambitious goal to build a better Canada, she became pregnant with twins and faced a barrage of scrutiny. Not about her ability to be leader, but her ability as a woman and as a parent. In this candid interview, we get real about the intense bias she faced while running, how this reflects the challenges that women in Canada face every day, and what's truly needed to create a space where women are supported in their choices and decisions. So my name is Nikki Ashton, and I'm the Member of Parliament for Churchill, Kuwait, Nook, Aski, which is northern Manitoba, which is where I'm from, and where I'm joining you from right now, my home in Thompson. And uh, I'm also a mother of almost 13-month-old twins. So that is... Uh, I mean, there's other elements to my identity, but I would say those are the two that take up all of my time right now. It, or 13 months in, uh, you know, it's uh, it has been really intense, and 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 obviously, you know, you add uh, that to uh, a full-time job that uh, is irregular in hours that involves a lot of travel, uh, where we didn't have any, I don't have any, I didn't have any maternity leave, and and where the childcare situation is uh, is pretty. Uh, uh, challenging. Um, uh, it's uh, it's been quite an intense uh, thirteen months. When where where were you when you found out you were pregnant? What did it feel like? What were you in the midst of with your career when all this happened? Mm -hmm. So I um, yeah, I mean I I I was uh, you know we were hoping I was hoping to be uh, uh, to be pregnant. Uh, um, uh, you know, in, well, around the time that uh, that we did get pregnant, it's something that's been important to me for a while, and uh, and, and didn't happen at other times when uh, uh, when I was hoping it would happen, and um, and then I'd sort of said to myself that uh, you know by the time I was 35, I'd really like to have one kid, uh, and uh, you know, and we'll we'll see if that's possible, uh, and. Um, yeah, and, you know, but I carried on with with my work and my my uh, uh, you know my commitments, and um, and then uh, you know, lo and behold, one day I wasn't feeling so great and took a pregnancy test, uh, like I had done a number of other times before, but this time <laughs> the result was very different. And uh, um, and what I didn't know is that with with twins, you know, the hor the hormones surge very quickly, and and so I so from what I've heard from others. You know the result that was evident, like basically right away, was <laughs> uh, um, could have also pointed me into the possibility of it being twins. But anyway, when I saw that pregnancy test being positive, um, all I knew was that I was pregnant. And uh, and I have to say, you know, something that I wanted, that we wanted, um, it was also it happened to coincide with the time that was pretty um you know the only word that comes to mind is intense because i i uh, i was planning in in the in the days to come to announce uh publicly that i was running for the national leadership of my party of the ndp uh, it's something that was something that had been in the works for a while uh, you know i my team was together we were working on this uh but uh, but of course you know i didn't i didn't expect to be pregnant um although like i said it was something I wanted, and it also coincided with sort of my my idea of the of the sort of life clock, right? And I, as I was approaching my my thirty fifth birthday, so all to say that uh, you know that result was uh, it was a mix. It was a mix of being very happy, but also a mix of of stress, 
because I knew it was coming at a time where I'd committed to doing something else that I was very, very committed to, very passionate about. And, um, you know, and so it was, it was, it was mixed, uh, mixed feelings, I guess. Um, but, um, uh, but, you know, I, I, uh, in those first few moments, you know, I reached out to the people that, uh, that were closest to me and, uh, you know, and, and, and nobody, uh, I guess, uh, or everybody sort of said, you know, like, why not do it all? Right. And, and, uh, uh, and that reinforced my desire to do exactly that, uh, take all of it on and, uh, you know, and to say certainly on the, on the pregnancy side and the health side, you know, to, to sort of see if, um, uh, like, you know, to, to play, to, to, to go ahead with things and, and of course, uh, you know, reevaluate uh, um, later if, uh, if I needed to make some changes in terms of my work type of thing. But, um, you know, I, I uh, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, I didn't like, uh, like, I think a number of people that end up pregnant with twins, I didn't find out it was twins until uh, a little bit further into the pregnancy. Um, I, um, I like is common in, in a lot of twin pregnancies. I had spotting and, um, it was, uh, it was very, um, uh, it was very disconcerting. It was, you know, I, I, I didn't know what it was. And, you know, I took to Google, which, you know, gosh, anybody knows that's been pregnant. I mean, it's usually probably the worst thing you can do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it was very stressful, and so my doctor sent me for a uh, early ultrasound earlier than one would usually get. And, um, you know, I remember walking into the ultrasound and saying, you know, I'm ready for whatever, whatever I hear. And, and uh, I, I was obviously um, very worried that it would be a miscarriage. You know, I was, I was pretty uh, sad about that, the possibility of it being a miscarriage. And I remember walking in and, and probably the, um, the person doing the ultrasound uh, saw that I looked pretty grim. She tried to console me and, you know, made me feel better. And, um, you know, we sat there and started the ultrasound. I had no idea what I was looking at. And, uh, and, and she all of a sudden her tone changed and she said, Oh, what do we have here? And, um, and again, I had no idea what I was looking at. And, uh, and she, uh, she said, I think it's twins. And, um, I, I just remember just going blank, like blank. And then she, in, in that moment, um, she, uh, she actually was amazing. I keep meaning to going back uh, and to thank her uh, because she said, you know, that is usually people's reaction or they start crying. Uh, I didn't cry until later, but it was, uh, but it was like literally seeing my whole life flash before my eyes. And um you know, and it was sort of, I, I, I took the, the ultrasound uh, on as something that just needed to be done. I didn't think we were going to get, uh, um, you know, that kind of news at it. So, so then, of course, in the next few moments after it was done, uh, you know, I called uh, my partner and I called my parents. And, uh, uh, and it was really, uh, you know, really cool to hear the reaction. But I have to say that sent me into another second round of, of, <laughs> of um, uh, you know, happiness, but also stress, you know what is this pregnancy going to look like? Uh, and then most importantly, you know, what will life with twins be like? And, uh, and I remember in those uh, next uh, or following few days calling a good friend of mine who has twins, young twins, uh, and, uh, and just saying like, you know, this was before I had said anything publicly, just saying like, what the hell am I, am I in for? What are we in for here? And, uh, and, and, and really, um, you know, like a feeling of, of, uh, 
excitement, but also um, trepidation and, and, and frankly, uh, yeah, stress, anxiety. Yeah, I, it's funny because I, I can't imagine, like from an outside perspective, being pregnant with twins sounds like a blessing. But having been pregnant three times, I totally um, relate to the anxiety that comes with being pregnant. So I can't imagine if there was two of them inside me, what that would do. And especially while you were running for a leadership race, it's not like you're like, you know, you're not like the, I mean, you are an average person, but it's not like this isn't a small thing that you're heading into, right? As you're pregnant for the first time, not with one baby, but with two. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say that, um, that, that I do think running for, uh, running in the leadership, pursuing something that, uh, um, that I was passionate about, you know, the opportunity to, 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 uh, share a vision that, uh, uh, that many people share about, about building a better Canada, you know, that I feel that that actually in some ways made for a better pregnancy, uh, because I was, I felt fulfilled in what I was doing. I was excited by what I was doing. I, uh, I was, I was passionate. It gave me energy, uh, during times where I had almost no energy, like the first trimester <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and waning energy, like the third trimester. Um, but I will say it also kept me very busy. So, you know, I, I, I kept on top of my, my regular appointments, but I didn't have a lot of time to dwell on things or to worry about things. I mean, I did worry, but, but I honestly think that if I had, if I had more free time, um, I would have worried more. Uh, and it also gave me the chance to, um, to, to connect with women across the country who do amazing things while being pregnant, while raising kids, while, you know, uh, trying to juggle everything. And, uh, you know, and it, and it sort of just reinforced that, yeah, okay, it was unique. Nobody had run for national leader while being pregnant, never mind pregnant with twins. Uh, but every single day, women who are uh, pregnant, every single day, women who are trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, deal with so much pressure um, with, fewer resources than, than I have and, and, and no team the way, the way I had like when I was running in the leadership, you know, are doing. So, so it, it, um, it, it helped put things in, in perspective. Um, you know, and I will say I was very lucky to work with a very strong feminist team that, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were in constant touch about, um, you know, what did I need in terms of um, support? What did I need in terms of my schedule uh, particularly in terms of my medical appointments, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and also, you know, what do we need to do to challenge the stereotypes and the negative, um, uh, well, frankly, attacks that, that, uh, um, that, that, that were directed at me, uh, you know, when, when folks either in the media or, um, unfortunately, you know, members of the public, members of my own party, you know, were, were, uh, were saying, well, how could you possibly do this while pregnant? Or how could you possibly do this job with, um, with uh, young kids, right? And, and, uh, and that was something that we had to think a lot about, you know, what kind of messages were we putting out there? What, uh, you know, how were we going to uh, go up against this, this stuff and, and, and really make the conversation not about me and my pregnancy, but, but uh, the kind of um, challenges that uh, women in Canada face every day, those that want to have kids, those that are having kids, those that do have kids. And, uh, and that wasn't easy to navigate. And so I'm really thankful that I got to work with an amazing team. And I was really inspired along the way to meet a lot of young women that were saying, you know, thanks for doing this. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're setting a tone that, uh, that you 
can uh, pursue your career, pursue your, your passion and, and, and do something bigger. Also trying to, uh, um, to have a family. So those, those, uh, those moments uh, gave me a lot of strength and, and uh, um, you know, and we carried on. Um, and as you were going through that, I was going through my own pregnancy discrimination at work. Um, and so to see you go through that at such a high level and be pregnant with twins and come out with um, the values that you kept intact through it all. I mean, there's such, I have such strong admiration for that. I'm wondering how did you, how did you navigate the bias, like the intense bias that you faced? Um, like what did it uncover about the biases that women face in politics and how did you deal with it? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate your words, Maya, and, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and what you've shared, you know, so many, um, and this came up in, in my interactions with the leadership uh, so many women did talk about uh, their experiences of, of pregnancy discrimination and, and um, you know, and, and through that, uh, you know, said like, you know, keep going, you know, you can do this. Uh, and, um, uh, but, but they are heartbreaking stories and it's, uh, and it's frankly, uh, you know, horrifying, you know, despite uh, the, the legislation we have in place, despite all the gains that we've made, uh, that women are uh, consistently discriminated against, even in the workplace, uh, because uh, they are uh, they are pregnant, uh, because they're thinking of getting pregnant, because they are pregnant, and, and then because they have kids. Um, you know, in 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 my uh, experience, it was um, uh, it was very frequent. Um, you know, on the um, you know, I remember we, we we had a lot of serious discussions about how to. Um, how to announce that I was pregnant uh, because, uh, you know, obviously I didn't want to announce until we were done the third trimester. Um, but as those who are pregnant with twins know, uh, it, um, and sometimes with singletons too, you start showing a lot earlier. And, uh, and so, you know, never mind having to navigate how do you dress professionally while not wanting people to know that you're pregnant. Um, and yet still, you know, thought it was okay to be like, hey, are you, is there something, you know? Um, thankfully that wasn't very frequent, but it was frequent enough to, uh, uh, to be, to make me uncomfortable on, on a few occasions, especially when it was people that I, that I really didn't know. Um, because of course I was constantly interacting with the public, doing events, all of that stuff. And, and unfortunately some people thought that it was, uh, it was okay to, to sort of, um, you know, probe about this stuff. Anyway, we knew though that the time was coming where I'd have to obviously, uh, publicly announce and, um, it was very important for me that uh, uh, that we do it not as a as the main attraction, but rather um, do a campaign update about uh, you know how well things were going. This was still sort of the early stages of, of the campaign, and uh, and then I remember the last sentence in our statement was that uh, I also wanted to share happy news that uh, that I was expecting, and um, you know and 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 all of the media uptake on it was about the last line about me expecting it wasn't about the campaign going well it wasn't about it wasn't a request for interviews about well you're expecting and let's also talk about the campaign it was only about my pregnancy and um uh and so that was disappointing right that that that's all people wanted to talk about meanwhile you know i was working uh really hard our team was working really hard things were going well uh but 
people didn't want to talk about that. People wanted to talk about uh, uh, about the pregnancy. And um, uh, there was one moment which I think speaks to, to just what well, the issue was, but but it, had, it does have a comical twist to it. Uh, there was a far-right um, uh, uh, talk show host, Brian Lilly, who unfortunately has worked with the um, you know, insidious uh, uh, media uh, outlets uh, like The Rebel. Uh, now he does talk radio. I, I think he still does. I'm not sure. And um, and he went after me publicly on Twitter, attacking my statement and how I chose to frame my pregnancy. Uh, and he attacked me for not saying that I was expecting a baby. And what it was was obviously an, uh, an attack, um, uh, you know, a, a, an anti-choice uh, attack basically on, on the fact that I refuse to say I'm expecting a baby. And, uh, you know, and, and it was sort of, can't exactly remember what his tweet was, but you know, why aren't you saying, uh, why aren't you saying it's a baby? And you know, oh right, you only want to talk about embryos or something. Anyway, it was uh, it was nuts, right? And uh, I'd gone up against him in the struggle for uh, um, choice and 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 for reproductive justice in years prior as as a, as a member of parliament as a feminist, and uh, and so I wasn't. I guess part of me wasn't surprised that that right wingers like him and anti-choicers like him would would get on this, um, but but most of me was was horrified that this is what you know this is what this guy wanted to do with his energy was was attack my wording of of of, of my pregnancy something obviously inherently personal, um, but what was great in the comical twist was just how. Um, so many Canadians and particularly women reacted. And I would say a lot of women that work in the public eye, women in the media, women in politics from other, other political persuasion, uh, you know, uh, grassroots activists were just like, none of your business, buddy. And then they twisted it around and, uh, and, and, and sort of said, you know, uh, I think we all know what she, what the sentence I am expecting means it doesn't mean, you know, people were like saying like, I'm expecting a bus or I'm expecting an alien or, you know, so, so it was, uh, I think I screenshotted a bunch of them because it was sort of, it was poetic justice. Um, and it was really heartening to see so many women and, but also men, uh, you know, come to my defense, but also just push back and say like enough. Right. Uh, and it, and it, and it really, um, it, you know, it, it made me feel like, okay, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not, totally nuts in this in this society um but sort of uh the next few months proved to me that uh that that pregnancy discrimination at all levels is is alive and well you know i had so many um uh i had i should say um so many people be very positive with me but also unfortunately uh many people um either directly or indirectly sort of overt or covert um uh, you know, messaging uh, um, that that was sort of, you know, you can't possibly do this. How could you, you know, how is that possible? A lot of projection, unfortunately, from older women, you know, it's like, I couldn't do this. Um, you know, people saying you're putting your, your, your baby at risk, your baby's at risk, you're putting your pregnancy at risk. You know, um, people would write me emails. Um, at um, I'll never forget a public event out on the west coast you know the the, the room was full jam-packed standing room only uh, you know I delivered a fiery speech people uh, you know I was very honored to receive a standing ovation 
all. And the first question I got, and none of my speech revolved around being pregnant. Uh, and, you know, at this point, I was, I was open about being pregnant. None of my speech revolved around me being pregnant uh, because it, it shouldn't have and it didn't need to be and I didn't want it to be. And yet the first question I got was a woman that asked me, you know, what my vision was for my family. But the tone that she used and the subsequent sort of the framing of her question was was critical. And uh, and in my answer, I chose to say, look, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have uh, uh, personal support networks that that right now work for me and, 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 uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're going to see sort of what it looks, what things look like once they, they come. Uh, but, um, you know, and then I shifted to talking about the supports that, that a lot of um, new moms need with respect to parental leave. That's still largely deficient for so many Canadian women or childcare. Right. Well, mm-hmm. Um, this woman clearly didn't like my answer. And, and after the event was, was over, my parent, my partner, uh, uh, happened to be at this event, she went up to him and said that she didn't like my answer because she wasn't confident in my ability to be pregnant and have kids while running for leader and possibly being elected as leader. And then she even took the time to send me an inbox message, basically, uh, um, you know, uh, lecturing me about how, how this was impossible and how, how I was basically being irresponsible. Right. And, and so, you know, that to me was, um, uh, that was a very, uh, obvious moment, but I had a number of moments, and I had a number of folks that that uh, you know, well, well, why are you running, right? And and uh, well, what are you going to do when you're on maternity leave? And um, members of parliament don't have maternity leave; they they are bringing in some short-term measures now. I don't know what the latest is, but it certainly wasn't there when I had my kids. And uh, and people refused to believe what I was saying, which was I don't have access to maternity leave because of my job. So, you know, so that's not an option. Oh, but surely you do. Well, what happens? You'll be away. And I was like, no, I don't have leave, right? And and then and people also didn't realize that a lot of Canadian women don't have leave. Um, and, and this was often, you know, a discussion I was having with people in an older generation and, and sadly from women that had fought for this right to have parental leave, to have maternity leave, you know, a fight that, that I'm so thankful for. Um, but unfortunately, some chose to project their experience and 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 uh, um, be critical of 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 me and and uh, and my sort of my choices, uh, even though um, and and refuse to, to frankly uh, um, you know believe what I was saying. Um, I would say the other piece that the other theme that I really seemed to come up against was that it was almost like my pregnancy canceled. Um, anything I was saying or doing or frankly like the nine years of experience I had as a member of parliament all I was to people was pregnant for, for some people right and and uh, and that was infuriating right like I could you know I could still put together coherent sentences you know I was still doing what needed to be done and frankly you know and as some pointed out I traveled more than uh, some of my male counterparts in the race and yet uh, for some people that didn't matter you know what the only thing that they saw was being pregnant. And sometimes I even felt that people thought I was going to be pregnant forever. You know, they were just so consumed by my pregnancy that, it, you know, I had to really sort of um, like even have a reality check a couple of times. I remember telling people, you know, it's, it's, uh, this is a temporary uh, situation, you know, you move on to another stage, but, uh, but it was, um, you know, it really showed me just, just how far uh, we, we still have to go when it comes to, uh, um, women's equality period. Uh, when, uh, when, when, you know, when I 
came face to face with, uh, like I said, with stereotypes, with uh, criticisms, and, um, and and always a double standard, right? Always a double standard. Well, how could you possibly do this? And any time I talked about, you know, my partner, um, you know, being able to take leave or having flexibility in his schedule, um, you know, some people would say, oh, that's great. But a lot of people would say, well, what about you? Right. And, and whereas a male politician would never, ever have to deal with that. I mean, you know, our current prime minister had uh, um, has young kids and, and his last was born while he was leader and uh, and nobody questioned it. And if anything, you know, I, I mean, people celebrated it. Right. And and uh, um, and and and, you know, we know male politicians, uh, you know, often elevate their status as as uh, as fathers. Uh, as as part of their politics, and yet for us as women, you know, being a mom is is uh, um, you know is, is valued in some ways, but I would say is is more of a is, is seen as frankly more of a hindrance, or or, or certainly um, um, is the source of of a lot of of, of negative um, questions or, or, or uh, critical questions, I should say. So I. Um, uh, you know, I, and I saw that right away. You know, I didn't even have the kids and I was dealing with these stereotypes and, 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 uh, and criticisms. I have to say that I took on some work after um, my baby was three months old and I would show up to, you know, some of these uh, work and, and I would have strangers say, what are you doing here? Like, what, why are you at work? I'm like, why not? <laughs> um, there's mm-hmm. something about when a, a, a person becomes pregnant or even has young children that somehow women's bodies becomes these these sites of public debate and discussion. And it, it really, it's very strange to me that yeah. that mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, uh, and that's why I think it's important to have uh, conversations like the ones that you host because, uh, you know, it lets us delve into this, but it also let, gives us you know, a moment to sort of say, you know, it's not right. And, and, uh, um, and we, uh, you know, we need to do better and, and we need to challenge the, um, the barriers. We, we need to challenge the, the mindsets that, uh, that keep perpetuating, uh, uh, this idea that, um, um, that, that you sort of, you're, you're often in some other category when you're pregnant or, or, uh, or have kids or young kids, whatever. Yeah. So what was it like postpartum? Cause you said you had your first meeting six days in and then 11 days in with the kids. Like, what was that? I can't even imagine what that'd be like. Cause I was still in bed recovering. Mm-hmm. Well, the first meeting I was in bed and I was breastfeeding one of my babies. So I was, I was recovering while doing the meeting. Uh, and then the second meeting, I, um, uh, this is a public event. Um, you know, I remember I couldn't, uh, uh, button up my jacket because of course I still had a, a sizable belly especially with the twins and uh, and so that you know that didn't feel great also it was a little bit cold um, but um, you know but it was it was uh, it was it was hard yeah it was really tough um, and uh, you know I was it was a blur between sleeplessness and not um, you know and and uh, again you know lucky to work with a team that uh, you know, that I said, look, folks, like I, I'm going to need more from you in the days to come in terms of, of, uh, you know, working away, you know, being based on working from my phone, working by email, that kind of thing. And, 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 uh, you know, my team really stepped up. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and yeah, but it was like powering through. Right. And, um, 
I have to say one of the biggest challenges postpartum, well, there was two. One was recovering from a C-section. I had a C-section and I underestimated the, the recovery that would require. It was, uh, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm a person that sort of gets up and goes while definitely recovering from a C-section. Um, you know, I, I, after the first few days where the painkillers waned, I realized I couldn't get up and go. And, uh, and it was quite painful and then required adjustments that, that I hadn't thought that I had to make. Uh, and then the second big piece that caused me a, a, a lot of stress and, uh, and was obviously extremely time consuming and, and energy uh, sapping was breastfeeding. I really wanted to breastfeed my twins and, um, um, you know, I didn't think it was going to be easy. I'd, I'd heard it wasn't, but I didn't imagine it was going to be so hard. And, uh, and that was, uh, um, something that, uh, that was very, very stressful. And it, I didn't get the hang of it until weeks, even months later. And, um, and I have to say that I'm extremely thankful to so many women, including, uh, you know, twin moms and, and other moms as well that had, that had breastfed. Um, or done combination of breastfeeding and, and formula, um, but also to the Lesh League um, moms and uh, uh, and and uh, a clinic in uh, in Ottawa called the um, uh, Monarch Clinic that uh, that that worked with me uh, because right off the bat, you know, I had male doctors telling me you've got twins, it's really tough, you know, don't like if you need to do formula, don't worry about it. And I, I knew that I didn't need to worry about it, but I also felt that the message was, you know, it's probably going to be too hard. Don't do it. Uh, or, or don't, you know, don't put too much energy into it, I should say. And, uh, and thankfully I had a number of, of women that, um, that said, you know what, um, we'll try and find a way for you to do it. We'll try and support you to do it. And that's exactly what the clinic did. That's what the, the Leslie helped me through. And, um, and so, yeah, so I, I ended up doing a number of phone meetings while breastfeeding, uh, and just doing a lot of things while breastfeeding or pumping, and uh, um, yeah, and it was it was uh, it was a really crazy time. Like I would definitely say the first three months were extremely stressful and uh, really challenging. Um, I mean, you know, it's been challenging and stressful since. But uh, but but that was particularly difficult. And and another thing I will say in the postpartum world, which I think a lot of certainly a lot of moms I've talked to have related to, is, is I consistently put my baby's health first, as as you know as is done. Um, but I unfortunately I think because I also felt very strongly that I needed to keep up on my work, that my work sort of came came after that. And then my own personal health was was last. And uh, um, you know, I, I um, uh, like, again, my sort of recovering from the C-section, um, I also didn't find out until way later that I had um, uh, diastasis recti with my abs being pushed out significantly and that I was, you know, doing activities that I shouldn't have been doing with that situation. And, um, you know, and I sort of, by the time I got around to it, started doing a bit of physio, started trying to figure out what was going on with my own body. Um, like I'd already sort of pushed it in ways that I shouldn't have. And, and, uh, you know, and I, I wish I, um, I wish I had sort of, um, you know, the, the headspace, I guess, to, to sort of say, you know what, like you need to keep on top of your own, your own health as well. And, uh, and that's something that, um, looking back, I wish I, I had done differently, but I, I know why I didn't. Um, but I, I think that's something. And, and I also think that in the care that I got, uh, I, I did work with an amazing doula, 
um, uh, but but sort of the, the the sort of like the the main healthcare system didn't really make space for you know and how are you doing right? It was a lot like are the kids okay? What are their weights? Have they gotten their shots? What's going on? And uh, and it's like are you feeling okay? And I was like yeah yeah yeah. You know I wasn't really tuned into what I was feeling, and um, and it was sort of uh, because I had the work constantly on my mind besides the kids you know, there, there just wasn't the ability to do that. So, so yeah, so I, I, I think we need to do a lot better job saying, you know, mom's health is really critical, uh, obviously, um, you know, mental health and, and, uh, and also physical health. Um, uh, because, you know, I saw firsthand in my case, how, how that wasn't really top of mind for me. Yeah. And there's a, there's a level obviously of, um, as women practicing self-forgiveness, because for, for when I, when I hear your situation, it didn't sound like you had much choice, but to fall into that. Um, I have to work hard and, and try to prove that things are still going well while still be, while being a mom with twins and trying to breastfeed as a new mom. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much that, um, that you did so well, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, nobody sees the behind the scenes, so nobody, very few people know. I'm cognizant of the fact, again, that I get to do a work, a uh, kind of work, I should say, that uh, um, that is a real privilege. And uh, and and so, you know, I, I think about women that that uh, you know that are are doing it all uh, while working, you know, multiple jobs, uh, you know, single moms, you know, you know friends I went to school with, people that I know in my community, um, you know, women across our region, indigenous women that are living in poverty, you know, that are, that are, um, that are pregnant, that are raising kids, that are struggling, right? And I, and I, I sort of think about how um, the resources that I have are, uh, um, you know, allow me to do so much more. Um, but I will say, I've, I've also thought about just um, the, in, a, in a new light, the barriers that, that, that women face when it comes to entering politics or even thinking about entering politics. I, I would say the biggest barrier that I face right now is childcare. hundred um, percent. I mean, you know, a certain amount of leave is, is critical in terms of recuperation uh, and, uh, and, and, and so on. But, uh, but really what we need is, 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 uh, is universal daycare. You know, I know this to be the reality here in my community, lack of access to daycare. I know it is a reality across Canada. It's a massive barrier to women, uh, to parents, and, uh, and and we need to get with the program. Uh, you know, we're 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 uh, I think the, the OECD country that spends the least amount of, of money on on the, uh, public uh, uh, day, uh, child care, um, and we're uh, you know we know we know uh, what the investments in Quebec mean. More women working, uh, you know, kids doing well. Uh, you know, it's it's good for their society. You know, what's the rest of our country doing? Like, we need to get with the program and uh, uh, and, and bring in uh, universal universal public childcare. Do you have any messages for um, the midwives and the Ottawa Birth and Wellness Center, and you know, the Toronto the Toronto Birth and Wellness Center as well, about continuing this work? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, I have, um, you know, the the uh, utmost respect uh, for what uh, midwives or what doulas uh, do, uh, you know, in in a world that uh, that still continues to undervalue their work, um, uh, you know, in a world that still, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, 
as a result of the, the you know, the, the feminization of, of their work uh, undervalues their work. Uh, um, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, the, the work that, that midwives and, and doulas do is, is um, and folks that work at birthing centers do is, is absolutely uh, critical. And it's something that, uh, that we need to support, not just in, in words, but also in actions and the way we fund their work and the way we pay them and remunerate uh, midwives and doulas and, and people that work in this field uh, do. It's, um, it's absolutely uh, essential. Uh, you know, I, I had the, the pleasure of working with a postpartum doula, so I know firsthand just how much that meant to me and, and uh, what a difference it made, especially in trying to navigate the uh, insanity of, of, uh, of having baby twins while working, while all of this stuff. And, um, you know, and I, I um, um, friends of mine are midwives. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm a big fan of um, uh, Melissa Brown. She's a uh, She's out of Winnipeg, is an Indigenous midwife and very involved with uh, advocacy around Indigenous midwifery, uh, you know, and, and this hits home particularly when uh, when so many Indigenous women uh, are sent out of their communities, ripped out of their support networks to have babies, when in fact we could be supporting uh, midwifery in communities and, and, uh, and birthing in communities, um, Indigenous communities and, and uh, in all communities. Um, so it's, uh, you know, to me, it, it um, you know, and I'm heartened that a lot of people in my generation support the work of midwives and doulas. But again, it's, it's not just about the words. It's also about uh, funding. It's also about ensuring that there is uh, ongoing support for, uh, for their work, sustained funding, um, training, uh, supports for, uh, um, for the work that, uh, that midwives and doulas do day in and day out. Uh, I, you know, I, I think uh, there's no question that, um, that we'd all be better off uh, if uh, if there was more access to uh, um, and support for the work that uh, that midwives and, and doulas do um, as uh, as women and as as, uh, as as a society we'd be better off. So thank you so much, Nikki. I I like I just personally want to thank you because you're one of my uh, the 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 feminists in Canada that give me a lot of hope. Thank you so much, Mai. And, and uh, like so many women said to me, it, it is possible to, to, to do what you're passionate about and, uh, and to be pregnant. Uh, it requires, obviously, uh, support and, and uh, uh, you know, um, uh, strength. But I think so many of us as, as, uh, as women, uh, um, you know, we're, we're able to find that what we need is, is society uh, to get with a program, men to get with a program, uh, women of all generations to, to, to get with the program. And uh, we have a lot of work to do. But I think an important step in that direction is, is uh, you know, is, is, is the space that you've created uh, through your podcast, through the work that you do to connect us uh, as, uh, as women, giving us the opportunity to tell our stories, to share our strengths to support uh, each other, uh, you know, I think that's critical in the move forward. 